Welcome back to the Half Army. My name is Josh Liston. I'm here with my co-host Oliver Hunter. How are you going, Ollie? Good, mate. We're back again. We're back uh, three times yeah. in a row here. We're M and Ming this shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've almost got the hair for it. I need a bit of a trim. <laughs> uh, you are slim shady, uh, peroxide blonde. Yeah, mate. slight slightly slim shady over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. You you can sing, so if you're not careful, mate, you'll be in a boy man. Like it's 1994. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I Speaking of singing, I definitely don't have the voice for that tonight. I was telling Ollie before we started recording that my voice is as close to shot to shit as yeah. I think it's ever been. <laughs> I, I find you fascinating on many different levels as a, as a human. But one aspect I find is you do a lot of things that heavily rely on your voice. Mm. So podcasting and comedy... And I feel like at least once a week we have a conversation on text that involves your voice not being uh, well. So that's just a, that's an interesting thought I've had. It's, uh, it, you're right. And in the past, I would have thought, because while I've known you, I was working in a sales job where I talked all, all, the da- all day, every day. Yeah. And I think lately it's because I've had this crazy-ass hay, hay fever thing going on. And... Yeah. The medication that I got from my doctor, he basically just said, because we've talked in the past about how I've had issues with different meds on my voice, he basically just said, look, it's either your voice is going to be rubbish and you're not going to cough, or you cannot take this and your voice might be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's particularly horrendous at the moment. And I hosted an, an open mic, oh, sorry, not an open mic, sorry, an actual show yesterday, and I, there was... 10 comedians so i got up i think in total 11 times yeah 11 yeah yeah and then obviously you do the comedy chat afterwards and then you're just blowing your voice out more yeah so it's in real good shape today yeah i just i just thought i'll crowbar back in a, a, a gag about that boy bands and in sync that uh boy bands and the blonde hair the more uh podcasts we do we become in sync with each other so bang <laughs> uh, i lost the, i lost the momentum i lost the moment <laughs> I just had to get in there. It's a good joke. Uh, I thought it was. It's actually pretty good at staying in, so hopefully it's good. <laughs> so. Oh, man. How was um, Sunday? Uh, or we recorded this Monday night. Uh, yesterday you you referenced the gig with um, Jared Gowdry, I believe, came back to Aubrey and did, a, did an afternoon gig. He did. It was at a venue called Two Fingers, which is probably only really big enough. It's a small whiskey bar here on the border. It's probably big enough maybe for 30 people. With yeah. no like no tables, and if you have the little tables in there like they do for their open mic, sometimes it's like twenty people. It's an amazing little venue. It looks great. There was, I think, eight or nine local people that had were all doing their best fives that they've been working on at my open mics and other things for probably nearly six months. So yeah. all the all the local people went well. I got a few gags and in between people. That was fun. The crowd was amazing. As yep. you would like to say, it was a bit of a kill box. <laughs> like, yeah, particularly for Gowdry, I don't think we found it that way. It just really hit a peak when he got up there, and I've seen That's him. About, I've seen yeah. him, I think, three times in the last month, and he was the best that I've seen him yesterday. So. Uh, that's all. Yeah, I think that is the thing about small venues. Sometimes, like I, I, I when I, like I've heard kill box in an American context, where these like New Yorks style comedians that just are in like basements mm. with low ceilings and like pack it in like that sort of venue and it's just 
the sound and the laughs just reverberate off the roof. They bounce off the walls and the roof, and it, it gets just this box of just yeah. mayhem. And I think that is the beauty of small venues sometimes, 20-seaters, that once you get going in a 20-seat room, mm. like it's, it's yeah, it just becomes this like chaotic comedy, I don't know, chaotic comedy bliss of yeah. laughing and, and you're like, how good's this? It um, was, as you said, it was during the day. And like they actually can make it pretty dark in there. They've got pretty heavy curtains that they close up when it's not open. And I was going to close those and we decided to leave them open to put a, a bit more light in the room because there wasn't really room for like a tower with a light or a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. And at least for me, it's funny because if you said go do a gig right now, I would want the lights off. I would want as little of the audience visible as possible. So in my own mind, I can pretend that the only people I'm performing to are the people right down the front. <laughs> yeah. And I can't yeah. I can't see everyone. But hosting, it actually really helped to be able to see more people. Yes. I, yep. Because I could get more of a feel on how they were feeling about the show as it was moving along. So it actually, all in all, even the thing I was most like, oh, it's going to be a weird time of the day for people to go sit down and laugh. It feels to me still like a nighttime activity. And it's, prob- yeah. it's probably because I haven't done enough of those awesome shows during the day where if people are up for laughing, it doesn't matter what time it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was all, all in all, it was great. And Hannah, which is his partner, she's also a comedian. She came down and she did the feature spot and she was great. So it was awesome. It was a pretty high quality show. The people that were there have told me they thought it was really great. Oh, awesome. And was it a pay, paid ticket? Yeah, I think it was, it was about $18. Yeah. Like including, oh. yeah, so it was sub 20 bucks. And yeah. there, was, there was 11 performers, I think, from memory. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I, lo- I love, I love, since um, I think in the, we've talked, maybe talked about it already on a, a previous app, but maybe it's with all your work and a couple other guys, but in that between Aubrey and Wagga, there's a lot more happening outside the Riverina Comedy Club run by Dane and Eleanor, which we've talked about as well. Yeah. Which is awesome because, I mean, they've done a great job, but. You know, just to rely on their their gig to be the functioning, or them for, to to have make sure a comedy scene functions in the Riverina is tough for them and for everyone else. So it's awesome that other gigs are happening, and and you're doing a lot of that work, which is the which is cool. and it's something I didn't, although I really appreciated it at the time. I didn't really understand how much legwork they were doing to develop people. Yes, as well as like now they don't have as much pressure to be doing workshops during the week leading up to shows and traveling to Aubrey before the Aubrey show, like all these things that they were doing, it's hours and hours of their life and money and time. And obviously Dane could have been spending that preparing for his own act <laughs> as well. Doing his own. Yeah. yeah. And now they're not, I mean, they're, they're still heavily involved in developing people. Like the first few people, as you would know, Ollie, on those lineups are normally someone who's coming up out of now what is the open mic scene. We actually have a little bit of an open mic scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, yeah. Of that, yeah. Yeah, so that it's – I think there's three or four shows now a month that you would consider good places to develop around here. Just to do – you have something to go to and, mm. and yeah, and it's building that there's a little bit of a com- – or there's not a little bit. There is a comedy crowd mm. that to a point that they know – I, from what I can tell, they know that an open mic's an open mic, mm. especially in Wagga. I mean, Wagga, it's it's a comedy town now. Yeah. Don't know when I built this juggernaut of a thing that people know what they're 
they're getting when they go to, to their show, especially. Yeah. It's funny whenever I say, oh, we've got four, four as many as like five or six opportunities to perform in Albury, Wodonga sometimes at the moment, if you include maybe a trip to Wagga once during the month. To people in your Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, they, if they're listening, they're probably thinking, well, that's not that much. But it's literally 400% more <laughs> than what we had two years ago when you still yes. lived here. <laughs> that's my point. And, and that's why I like, appreciate it. Because I, I, when I was there, when I moved back, I didn't do that. Like I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't decide to, I'll find a space to put an open mic on. I'm, and I mean that's just that's just my thing at the time. I don't know what I had going on, but for whatever reason, I didn't have the drive to like I I wouldn't say like I was a, I knew that there was that's how I'd get gigs like create your own gig, create your own space. But yeah, it's awesome that that you and the, the other guys have decided that I can't leave at the moment to move to the Melbournes or the Sydneys. Uh, and but I think yeah, I also appreciate that being from there and being from the country, the yeah, getting up once a week on average sometimes or four, four gigs a month and sometimes that's once a week, twice a week. That's that's awesome. And I think sometimes down here I get caught up in because I live in Melbourne now that I have to get up four times a week to make it worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> but in my head I go, but then I just have to talk myself off that ledge sometimes. I go, no, if you just get up, like I say I'm back on that month, as a period, if I get up four times a month, five, sometimes that's twice a week, sometimes it's three times a week, and I one week I don't get up at all. But some, yeah, if I if I use a month as a marker, if I get up four to six times a month, that's all you need. That's all you need to do to keep it ticking over. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I yeah, I'd love to be up, you know, three times a week, two two to four a week, doing fifteen spots a month. Yeah. That's also you still you still viable if you don't do that. Yeah. And I think we, as, as comedy fans, as a like globally, I guess, New York, but America and New York specifically, I think we listen to those sort of guys and they're just, you know, they're doing their thing. And we're like, oh, to be a comedian, you have to get up yep. twice a night. Sometimes that's just, well, one, it's not possible in Australia, even for professionals. No. Like it's not actually viable. There isn't the, the, the volume. And two, it's yeah, it's it's just not there. Like no. it's, <laughs> the other yeah. thing is, I heard I think it was Gary Vider say, I think it was him, a New York comedian. That's one of those. He does mountains of shows still. Like even though he's now quite well known, he still does heaps. He said that like New York, if you're doing enough of those and you get to a certain level, you can actually increase how many shows you do. Because every little spot they do in New York pays something. Yes. Whereas if you wanted to get seven shows a week, I'm assuming in Australia, you would probably be doing multiple open mics and you've got to buy a drink, you've got to get there, you've got to travel. Like getting around Sydney has always been tough and Melbourne is just bigger and bigger all the time. Mm. There's a lot of cost now. Like just that's the thing that yeah. surprises me when people are t talking about doing this and they're not professionals. I'm like, if you're going out and just buying one or two beers now, in a venue, yeah. you're probably doing twenty or thirty dollars <laughs> a yeah. night just to support the venue, which is what you're meant to do. Like you have to, or they wouldn't, they won't do it. But and then when you're at a bar, especially little bars, you're like, oh well, I'm here, I might as well just get a drink. Yeah. And then you know that's that's seven bucks. Like you said, it's it's a twenty to twenty five. And then if you're lucky, some of these they do offer like 
one or two drink tickets. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even if not, you just naturally, even if you're like, sometimes it's just subconscious. You're like, oh, I'm here. Said, I'm here. I'll just buy one. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, now I've, now I've done that five times to- or three times this week, plus my travel, and I'm looking at, you know. I did, I think, nearly 20 bucks the other night in Albury, which obviously is not as expensive as a Melbourne or Sydney for drinks. It was close to $20 for three soft drinks. Yeah. I, I think that was six bucks each. For soft drink too, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Like, anyway, that, even if you're planning on not getting a DUI and avoiding that fine, you're broke anyway, so you might yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, mate, what we do for our passions, mate, as they say. We yes. Can, yeah, sometimes I wonder if I didn't love it, you know, it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we I thought... We were discussing earlier what we're going to do today. We're going to. I th- we thought another top five. Yeah, that was um, fun last week. So yeah, and our golden era's concept I think needs a lot more depth than uh, that's a whole series in itself. So that is coming, but uh, but yeah, top fives are fun, and um, we got another one. The the, the theme this week, the uh, topic this week. I'm just going to get my notes up because I've done a bit of research. Is uh, condiments and sauces top five condiments and sauces? Now, Josh, I have a question about condiments and sauces. And now, let me throw this at you and kick it back in my face if I'm being an idiot. But um, but let, so what? I have this question. As I was doing the top five, my a question that came up to me: what What is so? What define first of all? What defines a condiment or sauce? And or when does something become a condiment or sauce? Oh, you really that one that run at the end there. That's the point at which it becomes it is more complex discussion, but I'm up for both. So I so, think my first reaction is that it's not actually dependent on the food type itself. It's dependent on the delivery mechanism. Okay. So if it comes in a jar or a squ- yeah. or a bottle you can squeeze, yeah, condiment, yes. if it comes yeah. in a boat, sauce. <laughs> okay. So... I guess a broader question I've got here in my notes: Does it being a liquid consider it a source or an a condiment? I I consider source and condiment to be one and the same sometimes. So so the example I've got is cheese. As its solid form, you would not consider it a condiment or a source because it's a its own product. It's yep. its own thing. Um, we could do top five cheeses if we wanted. That, <coughs> that could be a later. Later discussion. And it will be. <laughs> and it will be. Because I love cheese and I love what it does to yeah, my okay. spirit. Uh, <laughs> but my question then is if you melt cheese, which is a wonderful thing to do, does it become a sauce or a condiment? Because you can put melted cheese, bean, I've had it. Um, you can melt cheese on things and it becomes, it's not necessarily a liquid or a, or a doesn't become liquid because you can melt it on corn chips and nachos, but it's, it's more a spread. But you can melt cheese down to liquid form, and I've also seen it being poured on things. So, <laughs> does it then become a oh. a condiment or sauce? Well, you're talking about boat cheese. Boat <laughs> boat cheese is a sauce. <laughs> yeah, because you have cheese sauce, and you have roast veggies and roast like your chicken at Christmas. If I if I'm having a family roast or, or a Christmas roast, and mum's whipping up the roast, if I don't, if cauliflower cheese sauce is not Within that, within the options, within the selections, I am um, I'm calling somebody because it's 
not I'm not happy about it. So I I, <laughs> I do I guess I guess maybe the point is that there are certain contexts where cheese is a source because there are cheese sources. Yes. Look, I think that might be the outlier case of a food that is just so fucking great in every <laughs> yeah. every type and delivery method. It can just jump. It's like a yeah. it's like a world champion triathlete. Yeah. Just yeah. dominating multiple delivery types. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, here's here's how I would define it for the this is how I wrote my list. This isn't how we have to go through this, but I was yeah. working off. Is it spreadable or squeezable? Okay. If it's right. squeezable, given that's like getting back to your viscosity comment about the liquid, I think if it's squeezable, it's probably more saucy. And yeah. if it's spreadable, it is condimenty. Okay. Yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah. And I yeah, I think I think you're right. The 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 cheese, it just it transcends it transcends this discussion. It becomes its own organism and <laughs> and it deserves more than we're giving it right now. We will Look, give it more one day we're, we're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> in part as an homage to something that relies on cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so cheese is bigger than podcasting. Like we've got to get that out of there right away. <laughs> Uh, I didn't ever think of that, but we are doing this. Uh, the title of the pod heavily relies on the use of cheese. I would say it is it, it is what makes a parmi a parmi. Yes, if I describe to you <laughs> the layers of ingredients of a parmi and then didn't mention cheese, you would say I'm never eating that in my life. <laughs> yeah, because because a parmi was just a bit of red sauce. <laughs> Like what a, oh, a schnitzel. It's not only that. It's a schnitzel with a bit of red sauce. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, it, it, like, like that type of tomato sauce wouldn't even be in my top 50 sauces to put on a schnitzel without cheese. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be honest, you're not doing it. No, it's not. I, 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 like if it wasn't for the cheese and it was just the, just the sauce, I am at that point, I'm just raw dog in the schnitzel. <laughs> 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 Right, top top fives. So I reckon, I think we've kind of ballparked it a little bit. I think we just do our lists as they were. Yep. And we just roll from there. But I'll preface this by saying I lent lent more heavy saucy. Yeah. Because I thought I had you pegged more as a sauce guy than a condiment guy. I don't know why I thought that. Well, see, I I didn't, I see, I thought I was well versed and well researched in this. In this topic, but I didn't even I didn't break it down to source v condiment, or I didn't I haven't done two. Man, this is probably a discussion for off air now. But <laughs> I have, I've got one list. Have you got two lists? I've got one list. I wasn't doing. Oh, awesome. two, yeah. Okay. Right. I thought, yeah. So for anyone that wasn't tuned in last episode, the way we're doing the top five is essentially five down to one, yeah. one, one being our top pick, the go to. So yeah. take it away, I'll. And I also thought you you did this I think off your own on the fly last time, but I I have also included which I will say before the number one I've included honourable mentions and dishonourable mentions. <laughs> okay, well, I want to hear both of those. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, uh, number five in my uh, top five sources or condiments. I have I'm just bit, this is a bit of nostalgia, but I think number five you can't it cannot be in any countdown. It cannot it cannot be in any countdown, and that is tomato sauce. I think it's versatile. It's you know, it's consistent. It's on it's on pies, sausage rolls, 
it's sausage and bread. It does it all. It's a, it's it's not flashy. It just, it's like a it's like a sort of seventh man on a basketball team. Role player does its thing, gets its credit when it's due, but if if you have to, you don't hear about it. Just does its thing in the background sometimes. Yeah, but it can it can come to the fray in the clutch. So tomato sauce number five, number four, garlic aioli. I think it's usually in a bottle, Josh. So it, it's a squeezable bottle. Mm. So I, I, um, it wasn't something I had a lot of, like as a as a kid, but as an adult, and I go, you know, a lot of pubs or breweries, and you have, you know, it's a good dippable one as well. I think dips are a whole other top five as well. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I do like I do like an aioli. I do like what it does for uh, the food you're eating. So I'm going to put garlic aioli in there. Number number four, number three. Uh, this is where I, I got a. I this was where it got interesting because one through three, I think, is um interchangeable. Oh, uh, like it really got tough for me. Got a big three in the sauce and condiment <laughs> department. <laughs> and, and this this might throw you a little bit. Number three, Josh. So hang in there. But number three, and it, this wasn't in my initial. I had a few drafts in my countdown. Uh, number three, maple syrup. Oh. Um, I, I I love pancakes. I love maple syrup. I have maple syrup. Like obviously, you 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 consider that as a coupling of pancakes and not many other things. But I think it goes well with ice cream. I had it just with some yogurt and berries the other night because I was trying to be a bit healthier. So I um yeah I threw that in with that maple syrup. I I'm gonna maybe maple syrup and pancakes. I when I have a pancake, I'm at a point with maple syrup where I want to have. I want to be having pancakes with my maple syrup. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. like, I want there to be so much maple so syrup. Essentially, like your pancakes are like a banana chair in a pool of <laughs> maple syrup yeah. just sitting, want, on, sitting on the surface. <laughs> yes. I want there to be enough maple syrup by the end of the pancakes where I can just tip the thing back and drink the syrup. <laughs> like, I would never drink the syrup out of the the straight i'm not uh, i'm not shorting yeah. zero yeah. but in the conclu- at the conclusion of the meal i want there to be one final sort of kicker where i've got to drink that last bit of syrup yeah that's where i'm at with maple syrup and i make no apologies uh <laughs> <laughs> number two number two i um we we mentioned sunday roast christmas roast before but i think gravy I don't know. I, could, no, I don't think there's anything more need to be said. You can throw it on chips. I think chips and gravy. Yeah, I'll take over chips and tomato sauce. It's not a. It's not a uh, frequent thing. Usually, when I get some hot chips, sauce is what's available. Yeah. But if I go to a takeaway shop and they're like, "Do you want some gravy with those chips?" I'm like, I'm in the right spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and like maple syrup, I like my gravy to be like. Is where someone goes, you got enough gravy there, and I go, well, to your to answer your question, no, I don't. Give me some no. more gravy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll give you a little refresh before I go. Number one, uh, number five, tomato sauce. Uh, number four, garlic aioli. Number three, maple syrup. Number two, gravy. Before I hit number one, as I said, some uh, I'll go dishonorable mention first. Josh, we might have an agreement on this. It might be in yours, but pesto, pesto sauce, pesto. I don't know, like I don't, I don't like it. It's a weird thing. 
I've only really come to terms with this in the last sort of 12 months or 24 months. Mm. Before then, I just, just white-knuckled it when Pesto was on things, trying to convince myself that I liked it because um, apparently <laughs> yes. you had to like it as an adult. I think it was a prerequisite once you hit the age of 25. I thought that was just part of yeah. living as an adult. You had to like Pesto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now I've just embraced that I don't, and it's it's quite liberating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you. Anyone that's seen me do comedy in the last six months would know that I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm happy with that. That was definitely my dishonourable mention. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's my dishonourable mention. Honourable mention's got a few. Tartare sauce. Love, love fish and chips. Tartare sauce. You throw them on there. Tartare sauce, is a, it's a singular condiment. I don't see you putting it with other things other than seafood, which I think is okay. I also like it, though, because when you have fish and chips, if you get a bit on the chips, you don't actively aim to put tartare sauce on the chips, but it doesn't take away from the chip. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's that's my first honorable mention. Second is uh, mustard. Again, don't have it on a lot of things, Mm. but hot dog, sausage, even a sandwich. But yeah, mustard, it's a it's a rare one for me in my repertoire of condiments and sauces, but it, it does get an honorable mention. And again, this is a this is a weird one, my last honorable mention. This opens up the discussion again for what is a condiment, but I just threw it in there. Sprinkles, hundreds and thousands, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah, I see your face, Josh. I just threw it in there. Maybe it's a bit I of I think a, because you went so hard on pesto. Yeah. It that filled me with so much joy. Yeah. I'm going to let it slide. Sprinkles okay. Sprinkles is in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I say it, I'm like, oh, that was probably a, that was a misstep. Um, but I, I am on board. I remember uh, having ice cream, fairy bread. Yeah. I consider it a condiment um, and just probably a bit like tomato sauce, bit of nostalgia there. But my number one, finally reaching number one, sweet chili. Sweet chili sauce. It's on wedges. It's on... It's on chicken. It's a, it's on all the meats, in my in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> you throw it on chips, wedges. It's for sour cream wedges, uh, and sweet chili sauce. Then you got that's a that's a that's a triple threat, I think. Oh, that God. It's, it's unmatched in the um in the food world. Sweet chili sauce, sour cream, and wedges. I'm now hungry and also in complete agreement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my that's my top five. That is a, that is a great top five. I'll start with my, well, you know my dishonourable mention. It's been talked about. I won't. The word will not be said again. Yeah. Just for those listening, go back if you missed it. Yeah. My honourable mention is, and this is where I was getting like maybe a little bit too finicky. Can I remove the sauce from a meal? This is what what I mean is, although I mean if you eat chicken nuggets, you probably have sweet and sour sauce. But can I remove the sweet and sour sauce from sweet and sour chicken from an actual Chinese restaurant and have a, that as a standalone sauce? Interesting, and I'm on board with it. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Because yep. I think it is quintessential to making any sweet and sour meal work is that particular sauce, but it's not something you find as an option on 30 other things. It's just in that food. Very specific, very niche. Yeah. So that's my honourable mention because I wasn't sure if I could disassociate it from the, the meal. But I would drink China, like Chinese <laughs> restaurant sweet sour sauce out, out of a gravy boat if you gave me the option. So, okay. so we got that. 
my dishonorable is the the source that will not be named. Maybe maybe but maybe for your future little reference, that word well I'm gonna say it, pesto becomes like blasphemy on this in this our little world of this podcast. <laughs> if we wanna say like a you know, a word that we don't like if we wanna use like a real harsh derogatory term. He say, oh, hey, oh, mate, oh, the other night I was at the gig and oh, mate, was a real pesto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. So my number five is, and this can be good and bad depending on where you go, but if you get a good one, pub mushroom sauce. Okay, yep. Yeah, so it just, as long as it's average or better, it's in my top five. I'm a big fan of the mushroom sauce. Mm-hmm. Number four for me was sweet chili. Okay. And I like it on certain things by itself, but I agree that there is no greater culinary pairing in my mind than having a sauce and we'll call sour cream some form of condiment. You smash the saucy condiment together and you've got, I don't know what you call it. but but, It's a real potion of just... Oh, that's a perfect word. It's a mystical connection of saucy condiment that I can't describe. So... That just because it pairs so well with something else that I like and they become greater than the sum of their parts, I'm going with sweet chili. Number three, and it's not nostalgic for me because I still have it on almost everything, Yeah, is tomato sauce. And I used to be a White Crow fan growing up. Okay, yeah. And now I, I'm not sure what it is that I buy, but it's a different brand. And when I do, I, I like the flavor of White Crow the most. But I've noticed it is like really liquid. It's not as viscous as many of the other tomato sauces. And that is something I never noticed as a kid, that you pour it onto like a pie or something and it's like it's just red water. That doesn't really... <laughs> yeah. So I'm less of a fan of that, but overall I'm still a fan of the genre of tomato sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Now, because we were talking about sauces and condiments, I just went hard condiment for my yeah. number two. And... It's a really specific use case, but it's the thing I've eaten the most in my life, and that's Vegemite. Yes. Because Vegemite toast has been a staple of my whole culinary existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I know that's hard condiment. Like, it's it's thicker than anything else we've talked about. <laughs> but yeah. I just have to have it in there because it's, it's all it's been on my shelf and in my cupboard since I was... Beginning know, of time. The yeah. beginning of time, yeah. My number one, and this is something that's less common now, but it used to be slightly more common, is top-notch, fucking mind-blowing Bernays sauce. Okay, yeah. If it's a Bernays and it's like mind-boggling level, perfectly executed, I would have that before. I would have that by itself, just the boat served (laughs) on a second plate so I could pour it into my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. And it wouldn't matter if it spilled. It's the single greatest thing I've ever had, I reckon, in my mouth. IV drip stuff, just put it, oh. just get it in me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like we used to do a thing on the winery walkabout where you'd lay your head back into the aisle of the bus and people would pour cast wine into your mouth. It was called, yeah. a, it was called a goon layback. <laughs> yeah. Like I dream of a Bernays layback. <laughs> <laughs> I think that our, I reckon between, I don't have a, like a lot of honorable mentions, but I think that between those, I think we've covered off all the best sources. I, but I'm sure there's people out there going, "What about barbecue? What about this? What about that?" Yeah. Well, if you're on oh. barbe- if you're on barbecue, then just don't talk to me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think 
And clearly we're on the same page with the barbecue, but I think we're getting on a slightly different territory now, but I think barbecue is overrated dramatically. Gets a whole lot more bunch of credit than it deserves for what it's bringing to the table. Mm. Like, and yeah. I would, and I always have agreed with you, but what I didn't realise until, because if I told you I've gone down like a stupid number of TikTok, this is how you make sauces reels. Okay. I like hundreds that. of them sometimes. <laughs> I'll just watch them. Like this is how you make this, this, this. Barbecue yep. sauce is in a lot of shit. Like as yeah. a as a base ingredient, and none yeah. of it's that color, so I never would have thought that. But it's in heaps yeah. of stuff. As a as a starter, like as a as starter, the, yeah. Like yeah, as the as the base and as the foundation of other sources. But is that an indictment again of barbecue that it can't stand alone? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, it's like yeah. coriander and fucking the sauce <laughs> that will not be named. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The coriander by itself is bad enough, and they friggin' mix it up and make it liquid. No, no, it's um with you. Yeah, the Voldemort of sources. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're 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 coming towards the end. Uh, but I do have one more little little thought or question or something to bring to the table for you, Josh. Uh, this experience I had recently. Um, bad small talk, like, and people don't necessarily people that are bad at it. I think there's there's two. When I say bad small talk, I mean people that are bad at it, and then also the situation for it, and also the type of small talk is what it's, it's a multi-pronged thing, concept. And the, the story I have is I was at the podiatrist the other week, and it was a Monday afternoon. It was a 4.30 appointment, Monday afternoon. And I'd never, obviously, I'd, my first appointment with this podiatrist, never met her before. She was a younger podiatrist, I think fresh out of uni type vibe. And she's doing a, a thing. I, I was like, yep. Doing what you do as a podiatrist with feet. I'd, yep, that's uh, what I'll say. And it's a, I said, Monday afternoon, 4.30, and we're sort of, you know, the general chit-chat. In that circumstance, I don't know about you, but in those sort of circumstances, I don't need to talk. I'll say hello. How are you? But I, if I've got a good barber, I'll chat to my barber. Mm. But, but like, podiatrist, we, do, we can say hello. How are you? Thanks for, you know, cutting my toenails. But I don't need, we don't need to have a back and forth. We don't need to build a relationship in that moment. So wait, she's doing a thing, and we had a general, you know, this as I said, the typical small talk. And then she hits me with a mon- on a Monday afternoon at four thirty. So what's on for your weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Don't really think about this, but I would consider what's on for the what's on for your weekend. Minimum, minimum Wednesday chat. Oh, even that's early. <laughs> yeah, minimum, minimum Wednesday afternoon. Not for like. What's on for your weekend is not 4.30 Monday afternoon. What's What did you do? She didn't ask me what did you do on the weekend because yep. that's a typical Monday. That's a t- typical Monday dead air filler. Yes. What did you do? What did you get up to? What did you get up to yeah. on the weekend? What are you going on for the weekend? It's not mon- Monday 4.30. So I, I was taken aback by that and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't even – I'm just getting over this weekend. Like I don't even know what's happening mm. in – six days time like yep. i don't so then so then so we finish up the appointment she's done a thing she's done a done a good job feet feeling good i guess i don't know um and then and then she and then out i went she goes oh i meant to have basketball tonight but i don't, don't want to go i'm feeling a bit out of it <laughs> I, I like, what i didn't know i've never seen you before in my life oh, this is now. this is the first 
time. Yeah. You don't. You have no pre-existing interaction. Now, first appointment. Never seen this. But I just. She's telling you about the ball sports that she's not going to go do. Because <laughs> she's disengaged with her life. It's a real welfare check, clearly. <laughs> so, oh, I just feel a bit out of it, and I just sort of sat back again. I, in my head, I'm going, "That's not what you want to hear from a person that's just had sharp objects near your feet." <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit out of it. Um, it certainly is not. <laughs> so, if you're doing, if you've got. Yeah, if you've got blades near my extremities, I want you well and truly in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know if you've got anything to I, I, I've got lots to say, but I've got to keep it short. One, the only person that should be asking prior to Thursday what you're doing on the weekend is someone who may end up doing it with you. Yes. If it's one of your mates and they say, oh, what's on on the weekend, in a way, like asking, are we still doing that thing? Or what's the plan for the thing? Even that prior to Wednesday is too much. Unless yeah. it's in written form, because you can respond to that at any time. But yeah. when, if it's verbal face-to-face, you have no option but to yeah. reply at the, that moment. Yeah. They've boxed you into a corner. Yeah. The, the only time weekend chat, future weekend chat, is, is acceptable, I think, pre-Wednesday, is if accommodation is involved. Logistics. Have, logistics, specifically in my book, accommodation and or interstate so interstate travel. So travel and sleeping somewhere else that isn't your home. Yeah. But if you're just going on a long drive but you're planning <laughs> to sleep in your own bed, that's Thursday at the <laughs> earliest. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, there's no real there's no exceptions really for Monday what's on for your weekend chat anyway that's uh i think i i think i'm more tolerant of small talk than i ever have been from working in retail for the last three and a half years because the majority of the conversations if i really allowed myself to feel the emotion that i have when each of them start (laughs) it wouldn't have been a very successful sales career (laughs) push it down (laughs) push it down josh pretend you give a fuck (laughs) yeah uh Anyway, tell us what you think uh, if you're listening out there and you've got any thoughts on either condiments or small talk. But I think we've done it again, Josh. Well done. I want to ask you. I want to ask. I want to leave the listeners with one one more question. If you could only have one of a Parmigiana's ingredients on the schnitzel, <laughs> and it's not allowed to be cheese, which of the other ingredients would you take on the schnitty? Great question. Great question. Right. Thank you, Oliver. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Bye bye. <laughs>